Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So I'm encouraged by this series that we've been in because, you know, the, the feedback I keep getting is that we should be in this a lot longer. And maybe we'll, maybe I'll do that. But what I do want to do today is just talk to you a little bit more about what it looks like to calm our anxious mind. And one of the challenges that we all have in terms of calming our anxious mind is that, well, we don't know how to do that. So we, we, we struggle with that. And it's something that it, it is a lifelong journey of being able to have power and authority over that. And so if you're feeling a little beat up and a little defeated and feeling like you're more worried and anxious than you should be, well then today I think we're going to understand it a lot better in terms of what God can actually do for each of us. And the passage that I want us to start with is Exodus chapter 3. And it's a story of Moses' calling. And we may be familiar with this. God has this encounter with Moses and he speaks to him in a supernatural way through a burning bush. And, and Moses hears a voice that he knows is not in his head. And it isn't from anyone around, but it is coming and it is directed to him from this manifestation of God's presence. And God chooses to reveal himself in a manner that also not only puts Moses in a position to understand his purpose, but also for Moses to understand that what God is going to keep doing in his life is refining him. And the fire that he reveals himself as is really important because it's a purifying process that Moses is entering into. And we know that Moses has this past like all of us do. And I think one of the challenges we all have sometimes is overcoming that past. And, and Moses has a lot of remorse and guilt. And he has a lot of anxiety and worry about that. And when he comes face to face with God in this moment, God needs to speak to him. And he needs to dissuade him of his fears. And in that moment, you'll see that Moses has quite a few. I don't know about you, but I know that in my own life, I have a lot of what-if moments. I've found myself at crossroads at different times, and I've wondered if I hadn't made that decision and made that one instead, where would I be today? And if I had chosen this instead of that, or, you know, this person instead of that person, where would my life be? What would it look like as opposed to what it looks like today? And sometimes we never really shake that. And I've seen people break up their marriages because they haven't been able to shake that. They just felt like they just committed to the wrong person. You know, they just felt like they married the wrong one. And, and they feel like their life would be better off with someone or something else. And even if it isn't another person. And sometimes we make those decisions based on not necessarily knowing what the future has, and being sure that it's going to be better. 
but just knowing that what we do have just isn't good enough. And sometimes what isn't good enough has the power and the ability to propel us and make us make radical decisions about the future even if we don't have any certainty of it. And Moses is not in that position. Moses has resigned himself to a life in the desert. Moses has accepted his fate. Moses has accepted the fact that he is not Egyptian, not a Hebrew. He is not the son of Jochebed. And he's not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He's accepted that he has no home. And he has no homeland. He's accepted that his life, as it is, is a life that is still on the run because he is still, in his own eyes and in the eyes of everyone else, a murderer. And he isn't able to get away from that. And it's amazing to me that, that, that God, in spite of the mistakes that Moses made, would still go right for him, right after him, right up to him. Like, it doesn't matter to God. In the way that we would think it should matter, in the way that you would imagine that it would keep God away. What happens instead is that God goes right for that person because here's what God reveals, is that no matter what has happened in Moses' life, God's purpose for his life has not changed. Come on, think about that for a second. That no matter what decisions he's made, right or wrong, God's purpose for his life has not changed. And so when God goes up to Moses, Moses isn't asking for God to come up to him. This isn't a moment where you see Moses calling out to God, God, help me and help calm my anxious mind. God says, I'm going to come into your life and I'm actually going to add a little bit more to that anxiety, but I'm going to give you some solutions to how you can have victory over them. Are you interested in having this conversation today? Are you interested in finding out a little bit more? Well, in Exodus chapter 3, let's take a look at these verses. Beginning at verse 10, it says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people out of Egypt. This is what he calls them to. And it's interesting because this is what Moses felt when he took that Egyptian's life, when he saw him beating a Hebrew slave. He was trying to set his people free, but he was going about it in his own strength. He was going to do it according to his own calling. And what we find out is that God says, Moses, you didn't have it wrong. What I put in you, you, you were responding to that. He just did it the wrong way. So we're going to fix that. And then in verse 11, it says that Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Uh, who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? 
Like if there's anyone who has access out of the people of Israel, if there's anyone who grew up in Pharaoh's temples and grew up in his castles and grew up in his empire and grew up in all that he had to offer, it's Moses. But why does Moses say, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Why does he say, who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? When he already had that in him when he took that Egyptian's life. You see, there's something about struggling with our purpose that I think is real for every one of us in this room. I think that when I began to understand my calling and my purpose, I struggled with it a lot. I didn't understand why I had been given this particular burden, this calling, this purpose. And like others before me, they had struggled too. And they didn't always understand how God could use someone like them, just like I couldn't understand how God would want to use someone like me. And I want you to understand that it's the same for you, that, that you're never going to feel that you're good enough, right enough, that you're not strong enough, that you know enough, that you're just simply enough. But God is saying none of that is going to matter. Why? Because I have put something in you that I'm now calling out of you so that you can go out and fulfill it. And here's what it looks like. In verse 12, God says to Moses' what-ifs and to his questioning, he says, I'm going to be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you, that when you've brought the people out of Egypt, you're going to worship God and you're going to do it at this very mountain. And in verse 13, Moses protests and he says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And then in verse 14, it says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I don't know about you, but this wouldn't have been enough. If God had said, tell them this, it would not have been enough. But you know why it's enough? It's because God is going to accompany this message. The message that God gives is one that he accompanies. And he gives it power that can convince minds and hearts that you, on your own, even if you just look at it, say, this isn't going to be enough. But God makes it more than enough because of what he does behind the scenes, because of what he does in accompanying you, because of what he does in speaking through you. And so it goes back to the original declaration that God makes and he says, I am with you. I am with you. But then he says, I am. It means I'm everything. And everything that you need me to be, everything that you need me to do, whatever it is that you're going to need next, well, I'm going to be able to do those things. 
And for right now, this is all that you're going to need to remind them. Now, one of the things that's powerful in this passage, and it's not as powerful to us because we're not an enslaved people, is that God is reminding the enslaved Hebrews that he has not left them or forgotten them. And by mentioning their forefathers, he's saying, I'm still your God. I'm going to see you through this. I'm not done with you. I'm going to set you free. Can we say amen to that? And there was a, a declaration and a reminder of the promise. Now, one of the things that I have learned in my own life then, when I'm struggling, is that I got to turn to the promises of God that help me and remind me of who Jesus is, of who God is in my life, and how he's going to help me and see me through. And especially in the moments when I'm struggling, it's really hard to do that. But in Philippians, in chapter 4, there's this beautiful passage, and it just says, you know, don't worry about anything, but when you begin to worry, why don't you pray about it instead? Now, my first reaction when I worry is I worry more. I don't stop to, to pray. But as it starts to happen, as I begin to worry about something, I found that in my own personal life, I begin to take that and I say, God, I'm worrying about this. I'm going to start to pray about it instead. I'm going to give this over to you. I'm going to hand this over to you. And so the instruction here is that as we begin to worry, that the first thing we're going to need to do to calm our anxious mind is to begin to pray about it right away. Then the second thing is to tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Now, sometimes worries turn into arguments. Have you ever had that happen in your household? Have you ever happen, had that happen in your life? Like you're worrying about something and then you're talking about it with someone and it turns into a fight because you're, you're, you're both worried about it, but when, when the person you're with is anxious, like they're spiraling, they're, they're not in control of their thoughts, their words, their emotions, and so they're just spilling. And when they're doing that, when they're spilling, they're, they're, they're just showing you in that moment what they're anxious and worried about, right? In that moment, we generally are not compassionate enough to listen. In that moment, we don't have the grace and, and the desire to comfort. We, we get defensive. Because in those moments, we feel like we're being judged and condemned and attacked. And we feel like we're somehow partly responsible for, for what is happening. Or, or maybe entirely made to feel responsible. So in those moments, we're not going to say, hey, let's just stop this and let's pray about it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever stopped an argument ever to say, let me, let's pray about this instead? I just want to know, has it ever happened? Anybody? Okay, yeah, me neither. So, good. Let's continue. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But honestly, what I've found really works is when you take the promises of God, the guidance of God, and you put it into practice. Look, I know sometimes we're not equally yoked in our relationships, and what that means is that we're not equally on the same page spiritually. And sometimes the person we're with doesn't want to pray. Doesn't, they're not interested in doing it that way. But I have never seen anyone, even if they're not spiritual, 
get more upset when you pray for them and show love and compassion or you pray for a situation even if they don't entirely believe it. And I know that in the moment that when you're in this and you begin to worry, I think one of the things that we can help each other with is to say, hey, why don't we turn to God in prayer? And make, make this commitment in your relationship. Make this commitment in your friendship. Make this commitment in your life that you will find someone that you can do this with. So that when you begin to worry, you can call them up, you can text them, and you can say, I'm spiraling. Like, my mind is, is taking over. I'm worried about this. I'm anxious about this. I need you to help me right now to pray. And I believe that God can begin to transform us according to what he is promising. It says, you're going to experience God's peace when this happens. You're going you're gonna to experience something which exceeds anything. Look, it says that we can understand. Because supernaturally, God is seeing you take a step towards him in faith. And God, in return, is blessing you with his presence and with his power and with his peace. And he begins to bring into your life the provision that you need and the protection that you've asked for so that you can move forward under the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God is saying. Then he continues to say that he's going to do something else. He's going to guard your heart. He's going to guard your mind so that you can live in Christ Jesus. So God provides a protection for your heart and a protection for your mind so the devil doesn't keep attacking you, so darkness doesn't keep invading you, so your negative energy and spirit doesn't keep producing the same wrong result in your mind and in your heart and in your life and in your relationship and in your plans and in your dreams and in your vision for what the future should hold. God gets a hold of you and begins to put a stop and an end to it. And he begins to reverse the pain that you are in and starts to move it towards the peace that he wants you to bask in instead. And so what God does is supernatural in his promise. There's a quote that I want to put up about prayer. Can you put that up on the screen? And it says that prayer isn't our last line of defense. It is our first line of offense. It is the first thing that Philippians tells us to do. Not the last thing. And honestly, for all of us here, it's often the last thing we do. It's not the first thing. And because it's, it's the last thing, we often don't experience the results. So we want, we want the results but without following the commandment or the instructions, you know? And, and I've done this, you know? I've, I've, I've not followed the steps when I've been given instructions, and then as a result, I get the wrong result. It doesn't look right, doesn't stand right, doesn't work right. It isn't gonna help me in my life because I skipped a step. I didn't follow the instructions like they were provided. Now, why is it that we think that we can skip instructions spiritually 
and then expect the blessings to just be there and just flow into our lives. God is telling us exactly how it's going to work, and he's encouraging us to see this. Now, there's someone else who you might relate to in the scriptures, and Jesus simply wanted to help this person. Her name was Martha, and in Luke chapter 10, and verse 41 and 42, he has the ability to know what's happening in her life. Like Martha isn't just worried about what's happening in this moment where she's not getting help from Mary in serving Jesus and the disciples. But he says something to her that is very important. He says, my dear Martha, look at this. You are worried and upset over all these details. It isn't just one thing that you're concerned about. There are many things that you're concerned about. There were a lot of things that were bothering her. And Jesus knew that. So sometimes what we're anxious about isn't, and worried about, isn't really what we're anxious and worried about. Have you, have you noticed that as well? It's not the root cause of it. And, 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 and Martha is picking out this moment where, Mar where her sister Mary is not helping her. But it's, it's about so much more than that. And Jesus knows it. And he says, there's so much there that you don't see, Martha, but I see it. And there are a lot of things that you're worried about, a lot of things that are causing you to, to be anxious. And I wanna, I wanna address that. So would you do something right here, right now? Because Jesus is in this room right now. He's here, he's here with you. He came with you, by the way. He's always with you. And he's here right now. And if you would turn your attention to Jesus and you would just say, Jesus, would you reveal what is at the root of my worry? Would you reveal what is at the root of my anxiety right here, right now? Would you just show me what it is that I'm always concerned about, which is causing me to be anxious and worried about so many things? And it's causing me to, to explode. And it's causing me to not be my best. And it's causing me not to experience your best. Lord, would you reveal that to me right now? I, I believe that in this moment, when, when Jesus points this out, he, he's, he's showing her that the better way is what Mary is doing, which is sitting at Jesus' feet and, and, and reflecting and praying and listening to his teachings. And he's telling Mary, by speaking to Martha, you're doing the better thing. It's not like you don't have any worries or you don't have any anxieties, but you're making a decision to deal with it entirely differently. I know that you guys are here because you're spiritual. I know that you are God-fearing. I know that you believe in the supernatural. I know that you believe in miracles. I know that you believe in, in, the, in the presence of God. And because you do, you are asking God to do something in your life, which he is ready to do. But you have to believe him and trust him enough to now experience it. Let me throw up another quote here for you about worry. And it says this, that worry is not our master, but our faith is in God and it is in God alone. And if you find yourself being led by worry and by anxiety, I want you to know that right now you have discovered how you're enslaved. It's been revealed to you. This is what has control over you. 
And this is what it is that you need to pray that God frees you from. Does that make sense? Like if you're worrying about this and you're anxious about this, then you now know what is actually in control. You know what has mastery over you. And, and the Bible tells us that we are not to have anyone or anything have any form of mastery over us. That he has come to set us free and to give us a full life. And when we allow something to have mastery over us, to control us no matter what it is, then we are not living in the fullness of that life that he has already promised us. So we can go back to God and we can say, God, I need you to set me free so that it will not have any mastery over me. Moses is spiraling. Moses is coming up with all kinds of excuses. He keeps coming back to God and giving him all the reasons why he's not the right person, why this plan is not going to work, why people are not going to listen, why they're not going to follow, why Pharaoh isn't going to pay attention to him or the people of Israel for that matter. How all of it, none of it makes sense and that I don't know why you even bothered to show up today, God, but obviously not only did you pick the wrong person, but your plan really is bad. And I think that we've all been in that place where we don't feel like we're the one who's chosen and we certainly don't feel like God's got a good plan because so far, if this is what the plan looks like, God, my life is not the way I imagined it. So we make the mistake of looking at our life and making the assumption that because our life looks a certain way that God's plan cannot work in our life. And what we see over and over again in the scriptures is that it doesn't matter what our life looked like, doesn't matter what our life looks like, when God speaks to us and we respond in faith and we don't allow worry to be our master, we can move forward in the power of what he has promised. And right now, God is saying, I have given you a promise just like I've given it to Moses. I tell you the story of Moses so that you can understand your story, so you can understand your place in God's story. And see that it isn't any different for you. You may not see yourself as a Moses, but you're wrong. Moses is a reflection of all those who were cast but we're also chosen. And if you've ever felt like you were thrown away, I want you to know that God has always chosen you. You may have been cast down into the Nile River and may have looked like he had been cast away from his home and his people and from his purpose, but God was always leading him towards it. No matter what your life has looked like, know this, that you are the chosen one. You are the chosen one of God. God didn't just choose a people, he chose you. He has chosen you as his people. God didn't just choose a people, he has chosen you to be a part of his people. He didn't just give the spirit to one, he gave it to everyone. He didn't just call one, 
He called everyone. And if you're in this place and you're more concerned about the worry and you're more concerned about the anxiety and you're more concerned about the things that are missing in your life, then you know what is mastering you right now. And you need to turn to God in prayer and you need to say, God, I will not let these things have mastery over my mind and over my heart and over my life and over my calling anymore. I'm going to surrender them to you and I'm going to move in the fullness of the purpose that you have in store for me now and every day. Amen? Is that good? We're going to do that? We're going to try that? Hey, and the next time you're getting into a fight and getting into an argument, just stop it by praying. Just stop it by praying. Just stop it by praying. Pray over that situation. Pray over that mind. Pray over that heart. Pray over that situation in your home. Pray over what is causing anxiety and worry. Just stop and pray. Don't shout. Don't swear. Don't argue. Don't make it worse. Don't storm out. Storm the gates of hell with prayer. And I know God's going to give us the victory. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for every person that is here today, for your word and for the way that you're just inspiring us and encouraging us to take a different path, uh, to, to have a different approach, to go in a different direction. Lord, you're reminding us that, that the first line of offense is to prayer, is to be people of prayer and to pray. And I pray that all of us today in this space would be just reminded of what has had mastery over us and, and how you can give us victory over it instead. Lord, you see where we have struggled and like Moses, we have, we have asked our questions and we have doubted and we have wondered if we were the ones that needed to be called into the situation that we were facing. But Lord, I know that you have an incredible purpose for each of us. And we want to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.